0: Hey folks, this is Bob Frazier. Thanks for joining me as we take a walk through Oklahoma history. Today, I'm pleased to welcome two very special guests to the podcast. Blair Ellis, who serves as the Executive Director of the Bartlesville Public Schools Foundation, and Chuck McCauley, Superintendent of Bartlesville Schools. Welcome both of you guys to Cutting the Cards. We're looking for brilliance today. I, I don't want to sit. We're say, prepared
1: to deliver. Okay,
0: Blair, I love it. That's perfect. All right, before we get too deep in the woods, um, let's learn a little bit more about each of you, and we'll start with Blair. Where did you grow up? Where did you attend college, and how and why did you end up here?
1: I, I still am not sure how I ended up
0: here,
1: but um, my husband and I are both from Virginia. So, um, in Southwestern Virginia, Roanoke specifically, which is near the Appalachian mountains, mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, and I went to college at Washington and Lee University, which is a small liberal arts college in Lexington, Virginia. Um, my husband also went there. That's where we met. Uh, I then went to law school, uh, University of Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania, um, lived there for seven years working for a general practice firm. Um, I was sure I was going to be an attorney of some sort, um, although I majored in sociology and wanted to work for a nonprofit and do some sort of social work, but my dad um, re- redirected me a little <laughs> bit to law school, and, and that was going to be my career path. Um my husband at the time also moved to um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He went to Carnegie Mellon as a grad student in chemistry. Um, so we um, got married and then moved to Ithaca, New York. So again, no direction towards Bartlesville at this point. Just keep moving further. <laughs> yes, yes. Away. Uh, we lived in New York for three years. And then he actually had gone to grad school with um, Neil McDaniel, um, uh, whose father um, worked here at Chevron Phillips for a while, did a lot with plastics here. He grew up here. Um, and he said, hey, if you ever want to move to Bartlesville, Oklahoma, you can come work for Phillips 66. Um, and we kind of laughed at that idea. Because uh, that was that
0: was high on your list. That was not as, yeah,
1: on the radar. Because <laughs> uh-huh. um, all of our family is from Virginia, um, but then we decided kind of, right, let's move out to the Wild West for maybe five years and see what happens. And so we moved here. I'd never been here before, um, lucked into um, a great little house downtown, and at that point we had two kids, um, and I was just doing some legal work from home. My husband was working at Phillips 66, and um, I started getting involved with the Public School Foundation just as a volunteer. Okay. Point. So here we are 10 years later, still in Bartlesville. Now we have four kids, and I'm working for the Public School Foundation.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Leaving the Appalachian Mountains could not have been easy. That's beautiful country.
1: Right, but but we did it by way of Ithaca, New York, which was, <laughs> we're still getting snow in May, and yeah. so the idea of Oklahoma was... A,
0: a motivator. Right. Although yeah. I
1: thought I was moving to the Dust Bowl with Grapes of Wrath or something.
0: But,
1: so I was pleasantly surprised to see some <laughs> rolling hills and green grass.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Okay, Chuck, same question for you then. Where yeah. did you grow up? Where did you attend school? How'd you get here?
2: You bet. Uh, we moved, when I was in first grade, we moved from South Carolina to Catoosa, uh, Oklahoma. My stepdad got a job out at the, he was a welder, and uh, he got a job at the Port of Catoosa. And so uh, my... Uh, mother still lives there. He's passed away since, but went to school in Catoosa. Uh, that's where I met my wife. Uh, we started dating when we were in high school. I was a junior and she was a freshman. Went on our first date, and we've been together ever since. But uh, I was the first person in my family to go to college. I went to Northeastern uh, in Tahlequah. And really, the main reason I went there is because it was the. Um, uh, the cheapest place I could go that wasn't at home. And so that's okay. why I ended up going yeah. to school go there. You know, that's just thought our resources were. Good reason. Yeah, that's right. That's right, because I was responsible for that. So uh, anyway, so we uh, went to well, Northeastern, didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, my wife, her family, her mother, Karen Ward, is the youngest of eight. And she retired a teacher from here in Bartlesville. She taught Jane Phillips. And her, her actually her um, her youngest, her uh, she has sister Sharon, that was also a teacher, and then her brother Daryl Ballard, okay, who was inducted into the Hall of Fame, and did uh-huh. his uh, wife. So anyway, so I kind of they kind of helped raise me growing up with uh, teachers, uh, those families too. So that was a big influence. And uh, anyway, wasn't really sure when I got started in college, but uh, I went to I graduated from I uh, went to Officer Candidate School for the Marine Corps. I Thought I might want to do that, but uh, Jennifer and I decided that we were both going to be teachers, and uh, so uh, and here we are. didn't, didn't have any. Uh, desire, never thought I'd be doing what I'm doing now, I really thought I'd be teaching and maybe coaching high school basketball, and, and Jennifer's going to be a math teacher, and we'd, we'd live a good life. Huh.
0: So administration really wasn't a goal? Like, not,
2: I, No, not, not at all. I, huh. I kind of fell into that. I was over at, uh, was teaching uh, mostly business and math classes and coaching high school basketball, and was a little town over in Pawhuska, uh, was over there when I got started, when Mason was born. Okay. Uh, and that really changed, that changed things. And so uh, I had Rick Peters, who was uh, my boss at that time, he told me, of course I'm 27 years old, you know, he said, he thought that I had a, uh, could have a future and some leadership in school and I should go back to school and think about doing that. And, um, and so Jennifer encouraged me to do that, so I went back and got my master's degree um, and I went to Southern Nazarene University. And the only reason I went there was because it was on Wednesday nights from six to 10 and that was the only night that I didn't have because at that point I was uh, I was coaching high school basketball, I was the athletic director, I was the dean of students at the middle school, drove a school bus. I mean, small school you do yeah, you everything. do it all. And Mason. And so what I found out was because uh, I was going to school before he was up, and and when I was coming off from practice, he was already in bed. And so I decided it wanted a better life. And so anyway, finished up that uh, masters there, and had some great experiences in Pahoska. Loved it over there. Great little town. Met lots of wonderful people. Um, and uh, planned on, really planned on being there. I mean, just keep on working there. Um, I decided I want to get out of coaching and get more into administration when I was there because I had a taste of it and was getting ready to be the, uh, I was already the athletic director. I was going to be the assistant high school principal and was out cutting the grass one day, uh, in July and the phone rings. And it was actually a a gentleman named uh, Dr. Brad Sheppy who taught one of my graduate courses who had a tie to Bartlesville. And he, um, was coming and said, hey, there's a, a position open at Bartlesville High School to be an assistant principal. Uh, the principal is Debbie Boyles, and they'd got their doctorate together and said, uh, and he, she called him for recommendation, and he called me, and I was like, wow, Bartlesville, and I knew, obviously knew uh-huh. people that worked there and thinking, that's a great town, and came over, and uh, so I, that was in July of 2001, so I started working over here as an assistant high school principal, and here we are, 22 huh. years later, I've in my uh, seventh year as superintendent, yeah. Wow, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
0: Blair, um, yes, sir. we're fortunate in Bartlesville to have a lot of really great nonprofit groups and foundations, um, but I think the number of them that we have can make it hard sometimes for the public to know what the actual purpose and mission is for so many of them. Um, and uh, so with the Bartlesville Public Schools Foundation – Tell me about it. I mean, tell me, when did it start? Why did it start? And and what is your mission?
1: Sure. So the, what kind of sets us apart, actually, is that we have been around for so long. We were founded in 1985. Um, some really great names associated with founding us, Carolyn um, Gorman, Betty Kane, Sigrid Williams, uh, Walter Allerson, Joseph O'Toole, I'm leaving off a lot, but really big names in our community um, that really had this vision for enriching education in our community. Um, They had high expectations and wanted to help our students um, meet those. Um, I've been told we were about the second school foundation in the state of Oklahoma. Nancy Grigsby had some experience with, I believe, a foundation in Norman and kind of brought that idea here to Bartlesville to start the foundation. And again, they had this vision, so every donation they got, they would um, put half into an endowment and use half for programming. And the programs they started with, um, even as early as 1985, were grants to teachers. And so really focusing those grants on um, enrichment, so things that our teachers and our students didn't otherwise have access to. Um, Some of our early grants were um, one that Earl Sears always talks about is Cheryl Fintress wrote a grant for a saltwater aquarium, right? So just these ideas that um, who would think of having a saltwater aquarium Mm -hmm. in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, school? school. So so really great innovative ideas, and that's kind of what's made... um, kind of focused us since that point is still focusing on that enrichment. So we're not um, funding basic supplies, things that the district would normally cover with their state budget. That is not what we fund. We fund uh, really innovative, enriching, kind of hands-on activities for our kids and for our teachers.
0: Okay, so basically funding things that um, are within the scope of the Bartlesville Public Schools, but maybe not within the normalized budget budget. Of the the school system. Correct.
1: I think we strike a really great balance of giving our teachers the um, opportunity and empowering them to kind of come up with ideas that they know are going to impact their students and engage their students the most, but we still have some... You know, checks and balances that our principals have to sign off on it. We keep in really close contact with our administrators to make sure that they are aligned um, aligned with the strategic plan of our district, um, but that those teachers really are having a say in what comes into their classroom and what works for their students.
0: Okay, and it seems like social media. You all have certainly taken advantage of that. I, I see, I see more about the foundation. Uh, via Facebook and different different well, places.
1: Right. So I, I, I was brought in as the first full-time staff that the foundation had ever had. I mean, those founding members really worked like a full-time staff um, mm-hmm. in terms of maintaining an office here at the Education Service Center. But there was a large period of time, I think, when our board members were busier with their own jobs um, and didn't have as much time to dedicate. So we were still doing great things. We've always been consistently funding grants to our teachers, um, around $50,000 a year. It's been pretty consistent um, with a few exceptions. But um, one of my big tasks coming in was just making sure that the community knew what we were doing and that our staff um, knew what we had available. And so Chuck's been really helpful with that, just getting me in front of the teachers and the administrators, letting them know that we are here and what we can offer them. Mm-hmm. So we've really, yes, tried to take advantage of that both kind of internally within our district and then externally with the community.
0: Perfect, perfect. Uh, question for both of you. Um, what do you all consider to be the the biggest challenge right now to Bartlesville schools and, and
2: really education around the state of Oklahoma? I'd say um probably around the country uh, the teacher shortage, uh and that's really I think since the pandemic, you know, you could just call it the labor shortage. I mean mm-hmm. it's it, we all feel that. And the reality is there are fewer people pursuing education degrees, and that's across the country. And so what we have to do, that challenge of training uh, people to get them best prepared to help our kids looks different now than it once did when folks had these education degrees coming in. So um, we have some great people coming in, sharp people want to help, but being able to do that, that takes resources. Um, So that's probably the biggest challenge we have, obviously Coming out of the pandemic, you know the world's changed and so making sure that we are nimble enough uh, to meet the needs of our kids um, because we've all felt that impact and coming out of it and uh, you know if you happen to be in first grade during that time you know a couple of years ago you know you're only in first grade once and so you miss people kids missed out some things mm-hmm. and so making sure that we're providing and that's where the foundation is such a great resource for us they're able to provide things that Uh, aren't in our normal scope of our budgets. I'll give you just a couple examples of that thinking about as Blair was talking because I really feel like when I started as superintendent um, working with our listening to our community um, and with our foundation was a big piece of it where we needed to get better they could help us and and Blair becoming the executive director you know um, they provided the seed money to start our elementary uh, stem program you know big supporters of getting our ag program getting going things that we didn't have you know uh, when the pandemic did hit we had people reaching out wanting to help us on PPE equipment and just I was not equipped to manage that we we're trying to figure out how to have school and so I was able to turn that over to the foundation for their support you know school safety is something obviously that's that's forefront of all of our minds you know we're we have now um, double the number of school resource officers mm-hmm. that we do a year ago we're getting ready to add three more in august um, blair's the foundation's helped us with funding for that too so As you can see, just the things that I've mentioned, there's lots of different things that go along with having school. And I just think that's going to continue with technology. Um, I think that's going to continue to change and for us to be nimble enough to meet the needs uh, of everyone.
0: Yeah. The world's just a different place. You know, I mean, it's always changing, but over the last three years, it has just been monumental. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's interesting because I was uh, reading something the other day that was talking about how a lot of businesses see themselves moving to the four-day work week, mm-hmm. and how advantageous that can be in terms of personal health, uh, productivity—that mm-hmm. you're going to get more out of people—and and you know, well, why do you, why do we work Monday through Friday? Well, we always have, and I, I I wonder sometimes how that translates to school. Mm-hmm. That our model for school really hasn't changed very much in a hundred years. I mean kindergarten, first grade, go to sixth grade, here you starts around 8.30, you finish about three. Um, it, it just, it's just, it's interesting to see how that might evolve and change if you could just look out 50 years from
2: now, uh, if it's much different than what it is today. Oh, sure. I never thought, you know, even coming out of the pandemic, we'd be in a place where every kid and adult has a device They have the ability to have internet access at home. You know, we have hotspot devices for kids that may not have that. Mm -hmm. So just that alone, and then having our training, really our adults being able to use that technology effectively. So now if there is some sort of a, we've been knock on wood, fortunate not to have any snow days this year, but we did have, the power was out one day. It was actually the water, uh, uh, water was out. But we have the ability where we can do things remotely, and that's the way, Things to do at the workplace. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the way things happen now. Whether you have remote meetings, and so now we're able to prepare our kids for that next step. Um, also, and just for folks, who are used to having so many choices now. And so, where you know, we have folks that uh, maybe have been in a homeschool environment or a private school environment, and they really are used to having that that a bit of oversight for mm-hmm. their kids. And so, they have the ability to roll in a public school, take advantage of all of our resources. Um, take online courses, but can still be enrolled. You know, still be part of our swim team, or basketball team, or be in the marching band. Terrific, uh, yeah, which is which is wonderful. And I never thought, uh, you know, we didn't see that on the horizon just just a few mm-hmm. short years ago. And,
0: and you, you know, you talked about uh, the number of people in the workplace or getting education degrees, mm-hmm. retention of teachers, and then there's always that that worry of you got a good teacher, you've trained a good teacher, and now you lose them to a higher paid job, whether it's teaching or, or
2: outside of education altogether.
0: Sure. So retention, I guess, is always an it, it, it ongoing is. issue. It
2: is. And generally speaking, people, you know, in education, uh, people don't get into education to, to get rich. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what you're getting into, but you know, you need to make a living. I yeah. mean, and so that's important. You need to make sure that we do have competitive salaries because there is so many choices. Uh, now. And I think that's also the work environment as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think some of our big companies are having to deal with that about, you know, because some, uh, depending on the age of maybe the the background of the employee on wanting to work from home. And so what that looks like too. But we've also learned too that our kids need us. I mean, they need to be face to face Mm -hmm. with us. I mean, there's a very small percentage of of our young people that don't need that because they have that home environment, which is great. But for the most part, they really need to be us and learn how to interact with others. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: On on that teacher attention piece, you know, one thing that the foundation is trying to keep in mind is that we do want to make sure our teachers have all the resources that they need to effectively teach their students. But um, we were talking about highlighting the professional growth grants that we offer our teachers. We're sending a teacher um, who teaches environmental science at the high school to Peru to study the rainforest and develop a curriculum about the rainforest to bring back to our students, right? So it's, it's not just the opportunities for our students, but it's also that opportunity for our teachers if they're working in Bartlesville. We have support to do really big, um, big impactful things for them. Um, That's cool. And then the other thought I I had as you were talking in terms of our students needing us more is, you know, our public schools have become more than just a place to educate our students, right? They're providing all kinds of needs for our kids. Um, And we've taken on a few additional programs that aren't really in line with that enrichment piece. But in order to help meet that need, we've got Bruin Vision, which is where we fund um, eyeglasses and eye doctor's appointments for students. Um, We've got that Dolly Parton Imagination Library Mm -hmm. getting books into the hands of kids because really our teachers and our staff are being asked to do a lot more than just educate our kids. They have some basic needs that aren't able to be met for one reason or another, and our schools have to figure out how to meet those basic needs before those kids can learn effectively in the classroom.
0: That makes great sense. Um, You guys must be doing a good job. Bartlesville voters overwhelmingly approved the bond issue, uh, which, which was terrific to see. Um, I know most of it is is focused on uh, improvements, enlargements at uh, Wayside and Ranch Heights. Right. Um, so what kind of time frame do you all have on, on both of those projects?
2: Yeah, well, we, we, we plan to get started at Wayside in June. Uh, we're, we're already rolling on the planning for that. Uh, and the plan would be for us to get started, um, like I said, in June um, on the new addition and we'd hope to have that done, uh, hopefully by spring break next year. And then once we move into the new addition, we'll be renovating some existing spaces. Uh, and the goal would be to have that done by August of 2024. Ranch Heights will be about a year uh, behind that, but it's really I'm really thankful and appreciative of our community support. And I'm so proud of our school board's uh, prior leadership and current leadership to be in a position where we could respond so quickly uh, because we it was not on our radar to have this amount of growth this quickly, mm-hmm. we, I mean, it's we have over 250 more kids than we did before the pandemic. So to be able to make those adjustments, I'm very thankful for that. There was a bond issue. Um, Granger Matters has done the research on our school district history, and so in 1962, there was one bond issue that passed at a higher percentage than the last three um, that we passed: wow. in 2019, 21, and 23. So I think things are definitely headed the right direction. We appreciate our community support.
0: Well, I just think it's encouraging on a lot of fronts. It, 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 like I say, it reflects the job you're doing. It reflects the job that the, that the teachers are doing. And, and I think it shows that the families, uh, in, in Bartlesville, not just the ones with children in schools, uh, understand the value of, of what's around them. And, um, it, it's, it's just encouraging to see, to see that happen. I know there was talk for a while about, uh, and you and I had visited about it once, uh, um, about building a new school, um, obviously that's a whole different dynamic because right. you're, you're hoping, you're assuming people are going to move that direction and the costs are going to be a great deal higher. And right. um, so expanding those campuses uh, like you're doing makes per- perfect
2: sense. Well, you know, I was at a funeral uh, two weeks ago and ran into Dan Nineswander, who's the superintendent yeah. here in the early I remember 80s, Dan. And he was here when there was 15 elementaries and they went to nine. And then also went from two high schools to one. I mean, because really we had too many schools right. at that time, too, not very inefficient. Because that, that's where you run into that administrative overhead. You got to make sure you have, uh, you want to be efficient with 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 the resources that you have from the community. We may at some point need to build an additional school. We'll continue to monitor that, but we're going to need a whole lot more growth to get to that point. Okay,
0: and you're just
2: finishing up, aren't you? Uh, expansion at Wilson. We got Wilson and Kane Elementary. Actually, Kane was they're, they're moving into that today. As a matter of fact, Wilson will be over spring break. And something really exciting over at uh, our ag facility mm-hmm. um, that's going to be over by the high school, the Pathfinder entrance. If you happen to drop, yeah. I encourage you to drive by. And um, we're there, have a uh, that's where our uh, new ag facility that will be an indoor arena. i um, also have a couple of greenhouses and barns. Um, for district-wide for AG program, it's going to sit basically where the Pathfinder entrance is. Okay. We already have a, a temporary parking lot and a path where people can still access uh, the Pathfinder, but that's that that's started and it'll be done about spring break next year.
0: Wow, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Um, the foundation, Blair, where would you like to see it ten years from now?
1: Yeah, so we've had a lot of growth, obviously, in the past. Um, five or six years just as our district has engaged us more and we've been asked to do bigger projects um I'd love to continue seeing those core programs grow so our teacher grants so this is the first year actually that we've exceeded that budget that we set for teacher grants because we had such a high demand so I'm glad that that's growing I want to keep those foundational programs growing um but also identify some um, sustainable funding for these newer programs that we're seeing our value for the district. Cause again, we really do, we have those core programs, but we want to be able to be flexible enough um, to respond when the district has a need, like during the pandemic or, or other things that might come about. We want to have the funding and the flexibility to, to do that. So,
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Chuck, what do you see as the longer term vision of, of where Where are Bartlesville schools 10 years from now,
2: 15 years from now? Yeah, I'm really excited about our future. I think that, um, you know, most importantly, our role is to prepare our kids for the next step in their lives. And that, that doesn't necessarily mean a lot of people think about college, but that's not necessarily the case. We want kids that want to go to college to be prepared. That's our job. But also, we want to make sure they are engaged in the workforce. They have the skills um, that they're ready if they go to work. I mean, because as we know, we talked about labor, but we're feeling that everywhere. So making sure that we are getting our kids prepared for that world, whatever that might be. You know, A lot of those jobs that they may be applying for haven't even been created mm-hmm. yet. So we make sure we're teaching them how to think and how to work with others and how to communicate um, so that they are best, per, best prepared. And I'm really excited about the future and the path that we're on.
0: Well, Meredith and I went to school here. Uh, our kids went to school here. Grandkids are now going to school here. So... Uh, the Frazier family certainly endorses <laughs> what, what you all have been doing. Um, this has been wonderful. Uh, I, I wanted to visit with you today and and, and just get this clip of, of where education is in Bartlesville, what the foundation's doing in Bartlesville. Um, you know, in my opinion, a bit biased, but in my opinion, uh, for more than 75 years, Bartlesville Public Schools has been really one of the shining stars in public education. And, and thanks to people like you two, um, it continues that way and, and we continue to improve and get better and better and better. So thanks to both of you for what, uh, for what you all do. Thank you. Thank you. For Blair Ellis and Chuck McCauley, this is Bob Frazier, Cutting the Cards. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Bob Frazier and remember, trust everyone, but be sure you cut the cards.